is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the end of the game with the final score, 30-6 to Texans. Oh, yeah. Billy just short and sweet and to the point. 30-6. to Steelers go down to them dead gum Texans. And it, I, it was, boy, oh, boy. Today's the good, the bad, the ugly. We're going to open up the phone lines here in a little bit. Uh, we're we're going to get some therapy sessions going on here. Uh, we might need some comfort food and comfort animals, <laughs> you know. Does Caliente Pizza <laughs> deliver at this hour? Well, I'm just, I got to find out if Nick, you know, Nick is the owner of Caliente. I got to ask Nick if he's got a lasagna. That's what we need. Some lasagna, Max. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is one, yeah, it, it's, it's going to take the full two hours to do that. Now, I know we do have Rob King coming on, but uh, yeah, the other hour and 40 minutes will definitely be <laughs> a therapeutic session for everybody because we have 24 hours. We, we, we do get 24 hours, and then we proverbially have to move on. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to be a rough one. Yeah, Caliente's or, you know, pizza lasagna, you know. There I, I've you never go. seen can... it before, but why not, why, not, why not go crazy and do something new? You know what? I just had a flash of Monty Python thinking about, you know how they had the, um, the, the robed uh, uh, priests? They would walk along and they had like, uh, you know, a paddleboard, you know, like a two-by-four, and they'd walk along and go, whomp, and they'd hit themselves in the head. And then yes. another another wham, wham, wham. You know, I think maybe we need one of those to get the heebie-jeebies out. Yeah, the 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 penance plank. <laughs> the pen- right, that's it. The penance <laughs> plank. That's what we need. We gotta hang one in the locker room here. Yeah, exactly. You just walk into it with your forehead. No, no, no lashing your back. It just it has, it has a little bit of a spring action to it, so it comes back at you. You know. <laughs> Or or you just give it to one of the ninjas and they 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 give you a couple yeah, exactly. of penance plank. Yeah, but but, but see, I might get I might get PTSD because if if I, if I get smacked in the bottom, it's like, oh, like oh my god, the nuns are back, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know. The penance plank. I, I'm writing yeah. that down. That is good. That's some yeah, good material exactly. there. Oh. It's one of those where you look at it. You, you, you got you got to have something just to. Just to take, you know, it's just like when they talk about, you know, reference pain, right? Right. You know, oh my gosh, oh my knees hurt. Here, give me your finger, and they, they, like, they snap your finger. Okay, are you still thinking about your knee? <laughs> <laughs> knees suddenly cleared up. Right now, I'm screaming over my finger. Oh heavens! Welcome everybody to another Monday morning of edition of the Good, the Bad, the Ugly of the Locker Room, and it's uh, Wolf Max. Uh, it is Wesley Euler. We got CJ in and around here. We got Brian Lamartina. We got the ninjas. We got everybody. And we're coming up with a penance plank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's really funny, man. All yeah, right. Man. So we combined on, on coming coming to the locker room something. Look, one of the things we always talk about, start fast. Everybody, you gotta start fast. Start fast. And boy, the Texans did start fast. They went 69 yards on 12 plays, eight of which were runs or quarterback scrambles. But, Max, that is not the way to start a game in a supposedly hostile, which it really wasn't hostile, NRG Stadium because there was a lot of Steeler fans there. 
there was a lot of Steeler fans. I mean, we were definitely in full force at the game. I know it was, you know, it, it was J.J. Watt day. So right. a lot of Houston Texans fans were there. A lot of Texans alumni was there. And, you know, there was a there was a spectacle that was shared. But this was a day, this was supposed to be a day where, you know, J.J. was going to get halftime. Right. But TJ, but TJ was going to get the other four quarters. Right. You know? Right. And, and, and I thought that this was a prime opportunity for the Steelers when you're talking about who do you want to be in 2023? You know, this was, this was the perfect game. Yep. To go out, establish yourself, especially against a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, and a very young team, a team that, you know, for a lot of intents and purposes, we kind of felt maybe two to three years away from really being a uh, you know a, a good team in this division or sorry in this conference. Uh, just when you think of the talent in a lot of other places, but you know they came to play. They, they did. They, they had they 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 had their head screwed on right. D'Amico Ryan's had those had those boys ready to go. Uh, you know they had a little bit of veteran, but a very young team. A banged up offensive line, my oh. goodness! A banged up offensive line, um, and they they just had a better game plan and they executed their their game plan better. I tell you what, Damian Pierce, that running back, you know, he's a Florida Gator, but uh, <laughs> you know, he, he he was he was not a favorite of mine. Max Stars, um, Florida Gators. <laughs> West was all over that one. Yeah, Boom. He was he was all over that one. I mean, and then of course another Gator, Jonathan Grenard. Um, both of them Florida Gators. <laughs> That's right. It was a double, right. just, double just, barrel. Just, just remember, I mean, you know, I, I bleed orange and blue. I mean, yeah. you know, I as you. well as black and gold. So, you know, you got you got to talk. You got to talk about the, your origins. Um, but I mean, they just came out. They executed a better game plan. And I don't know. They, it, you know, it's very tough to use the phrasing. They wanted it more, right? Oh, yeah, because. Yeah. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to play their best. But I will say this: the will was was stronger in them. They 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 hit faster at certain points, and they were in <clears throat> sync a lot quicker than we were. Max, let me ask you this: Do you would you agree with me when I say that not every guy lines up every Sunday or Monday, whatever, with the same amount of? Um, uh, RPMs and mentally. I mean, oh, is that a yeah. true statement? All right, that, that's a that's a true statement. All right, so not everybody comes to that game packed with the same sort of intensity as the guy next to him, across from him, or as he, he did the week before or the week before that. And that's part of a part and parcel of making sure that you are on your A game and getting th- getting ready to play and display what you've got to display. And so when you see a performance like this, it it just it leads to me to think: first of all, you've got you didn't come there with the sort of mental uh, RPMs that you needed to engage the, the Texans on a day when you know there's going to be a big boon because JJ Watt is there. It's JJ Watt day. And it's like you said, we kind of wa- walked into this thinking, all right, he's got halftime. TJ's got the other four, but that never, never even came close other than that third quarter when they started to squeeze things together. And then of course, for a short period of time before it busted open again. Yeah, no, I mean, it was one that, you know, the Texans 
uh, on the offensive side of the ball, they paid a lot of particular attention to TJ Watt. They did. Um, and Alex Highsmith. They had they had a lot of two tight end sets, a lot of a lot a lot of a lot of twelve and twenty one personnel. They also right. utilize a fullback out of the backfield. I mean, they chipped one time I, I saw the fullback just bury his shoulder into TJ's gut um on a play. Right. And then, you know, and then in the moments where you did get the pass rush going, boom, screen underneath. Um, that, that, that takes a lot out of your pass rush, right? Because now you're worried about the underneath. And at one point, Larry Ogunjobi just said, all right, Damian Pierce came up into the line. I'm just going to tackle him beforehand. So you don't even know if it's a screen or not. Yeah, right. <laughs> it just, right. just took him to the ground. But I mean, you could see, I mean, CJ Stroud was very calm, very poised. And for a dude that got knocked around a pretty good bit in the first three games, I mean, for us not to get a sack on him uh was, with four was fifths kind of, of an offensive line max we got to talk about that that just that just yeah. i don't know, just kind of tore three me fifths, up three fi- three fifths well when you think about it there's even more i mean you got the rookie center then you've got yeah. uh, we went through two practice squad tackles on the left side um you know kendrick and, green and kendrick was, green got who, injured yeah yeah i mean it's it's like wh- how, how does that happen Game plan. <laughs> How about execution? That, that, yeah, it, well, listen. If if you if you can rush the ball effectively, the less drop back exposure you have, and then when you do drop back, you know you're getting the ball out in under three seconds, and yeah. you're utilizing a screen game on top of that, and a draw game that you know you can't rush full out because they're going to dump it underneath. So that comes with the discipline of the linebackers. And then when you are run blitzing, sending a Landon Robert or Quan Alexander out, that 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 makes it that makes it tough. That makes it a tough day for pass rush. And a smart move when you have that at your disposal. I mean, how many times they line up two tights to TJ's side? Mm. <laughs> right? Right. And you know what's interesting to yeah. me, and I, I'm really interested in breaking down the film more. I watched some film this morning. It was a miserable morning. You get up and you know you're like you hear the ro- the birds like chirping like oh you guys shut up okay <laughs> you know it's a bad exactly. day so so but I'm watching a lot of times TJ was lining up on the inside eye of uh, or the outside eye of the H back and, and you know inside the inline yeah. tight end who was spaced out you know what I mean and they kept yeah. running that outside play whether it was a pitch or a handoff and they were getting that lane to the outside. Yeah, no, they they they, they were tra- they were trying to make sure that they outflanked TJ. Yeah, that was that was one of their that was one of their keys is funnel TJ towards the midline of the body of the tackle. Yep, like help George Fant out because they if did. he get if he if he gets edged, we've got problems. I mean, and, and you know Tank Dell, I mean popping the ball to the outside a number of times, right, right. right. You know that that helped him, and he was quick to that corner. I mean, to where even when you did have good position, it became bad position real quick. Yeah, no doubt. And and so you know you couple that running away from Alex Highsmith, um, they were bringing motion back across to pick off the edge so that they couldn't get straight down the line. Um, you know that, and we're just talking about from from a defensive uh, St- Steelers defensive perspective right now as far as the game plan um 
Yeah, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of those bunch routes that they were running. Yep. Um, forcing guys to to make decisions at the top. Nico Collins had some big catches. Oh. Robert Woods had some big catches as well. And it was just man, it was it was, it was it was frustrating because of some of the route concepts and you know guys just missing it by like a hair. Mm-hmm. Like Levi Wallace was almost there. I mean, oh, on three or four different occasions. Absolutely. Pat P's right on top of it, but C.J. Stroud put it exactly in the right spot that it needed to go. Um, you know, some big time plays where you know just busted in the middle and the tight end Dalton Schultz. Catching a seam route down the middle, of all people, or catching some type of route when you know while we're in a blitz type situation, they just knew how how, how to exploit it at the last second. So it was it was it was great pinpoint execution by them. Overall, you know, you look at this. They the Texans started fast. They overwhelmed the Steelers by halftime. I mean, we're talking about a a yardage differential of 271 to 53 and I think it was something like five minutes to I don't know what it, uh, time of possession was like you know less than 10 minutes for the Steelers or something and 20 yeah, minutes we had like 726 yeah, to it was, like 23 it was I mean that, that yeah. whole first half was just a, a gut punch all the way through now I thought they they came out and started to really make some hay there in the third quarter when they started turning that iron horse Najee loose, boy, he w- there was some a c- series of plays there where he really looked like everything you want to see out of that guy. Big, strong, powerful, knocking people over, running and so forth. You know, that's all good stuff, but man, oh man, just not enough and he got away from us. Well, I mean, you, 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 saw, you, saw, you saw angry Najee. Yeah, yep. Yeah, you, yeah, you you saw Mini Hulk Najee um, come out, <laughs> and you know there was there was a lot of frustration and emotion in, in, in some of those runs. Um, you know, you're right. We, I mean, we hadn't been shut out since what 2021 in the first half of a game. Yeah. Um, so it had, it had been a minute since the last time we were shut out, but we were shut out 16 to zip. And you know, one of the things I thought that was that was really tough was if, if you watched. Remember, I mean, George Pickett and Shaq Griffin matchup. Yeah, that was, was another was one. A very physical matchup. They were chirping at each other. Shaq was getting in George's face. He was being physical with them. Then George was catching his feelings in moments, and yep. you know, it, it was it was getting really, really testy. Um, that was one of the prime matchups. And then there was there was a, there was there was another SEC matchup with uh, with. You know, Broderick Jones and Jonathan Grenard, a Florida-Georgia matchup. Oh, my and, heavens. And Broderick Jones, you know, we, we, we didn't – you want you want to get your rookie into the game, but not, that not under those circumstances. Yeah. Dan Moore goes down, you know, midway through the first quarter. Um, and so Broderick then steps in. Oof. And, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a rough day for the young fella. He he got he got welcome to the NFL. He did. You know he, what I'm he, he got did. a little bit of the penance plank right there on the field. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Which, he did. He, hey, well, that first series, he definitely got let's, it. Let's let's put it this way, Max. You and I are both. We've both been through that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we've like, all we've all been welcome to the NFL one way or another. Exactly. Um, so you know, I'm I'm not going to sit there and say that you know, oh my gosh, this is what happened. But let, let let's also remind the fans 
this is what we talk about when yeah. everybody's like, oh my god you've got a kid da, 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 da. Yeah. who who's jonathan grenard right yeah when you think of nick bosa he's Miles no Garrett. nick bosa he's no tj watt you know yeah yeah he's no max crosby yeah right right so everybody that was clamoring oh my gosh let's get him in there early i i said hey if there is going to be a time for a switch after the bye yeah that's what i mentally said yeah um and, and I didn't you know, even think that. It, no, I didn't even think yeah. that. <laughs> you know, because yeah, exactly. Danny I was mean, playing yeah. fine, you know? All right. Well, and, and, I, and I agree. It was the same way. But, you know, for everybody that was belly sure. aching about it, I'm just pointing that out there. Pointing that out there. Thank just you. Of information. All right. Yeah. We got Rob King coming up. So so uh, we got Wesley's giving me the high sign. He's like going, mm, 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 okay. All right. We're gonna, the ninjas are coming after hey, me. Hey, he's in the studio <laughs> waiting for us. All right. We don't keep <laughs> King or waiting around you here. You can't keep the King waiting. All right. We'll be back with more after this as Rob King checks into the locker room. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, welcome back to the locker room. As promised and as shall be delivered, (laughs) we give you the king. (laughs) That's Rob King. <laughs> Rob King is in studio with us music. here, some here music live. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Not quite Tom Sawyer. I mean, we need, we need, we need some like some Elvis. You know, well, that's the best yeah, I've yeah, felt in twenty four hours. I can tell you that much. There we go. There we go. Well, Rob, uh, Rob is here to unpack, digest, and also lay on the therapy couch with us as we. Uh, as we break this down, we, we don't even have a couch anymore. We're just spreading out on the floor. It's, we need there's yeah, too much. We yeah, gotta have more room. Exactly. It's like kindergarten nap time. Yeah. You, got, you know, you got you got cots and you got you got them little ring cookies and, uh, and some juice. Pan is a ring Rob. cookie. Sound good right about now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rob. Well, we're just we're just gonna we're just gonna dive in head first. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to put this on you. I mean, you are the king, so, you know, kings always have grand decrees. Uh, what do we, after a month of football, what do we know about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, that's a great question, Max. I don't know if we know anything about it. I mean, look, you know, they were, when they finished down the stretch last year, 7-2, and two, they ran the ball, they played good defense, they didn't turn the ball over, and then they go into the offseason. We saw what we saw in the preseason. And the expectation is, okay, so they're going to take that, what they did down the stretch, which is solid football, which has put them, say, in the upper middle class of, of the NFL. But maybe it's not with Buffalo or it's not with Philadelphia. It's not with San Francisco. But it's, it's a base from which you can improve. And then you come out and play the way that they've played in the first four games of the season – which is not building on that, which is not getting closer to the San Francisco's and the elite teams in the league, which we saw in week one. And then to have a game like this, it's, it, it makes you question pretty much everything, which is 
you know, Mike Tomlin said, you know, hey, did there need to be changes? Hell yeah, there have to be some changes. That was his direct quote. You know, I don't know what those changes are, but it's very difficult now to look at this team the way I looked at it last year and through the, you know, the, the offseason, they make some really shrewd pickups or so it appeared. The preseason, the offense looked great. And I think we all thought this was a team ascending. And after four games, and, and again, maybe we're going to look back at, and say, wow, that was a hiccup and it was bad. Um, and it really is going to get back onto the ascending route. And it's not always going to be an easy climb uh, on a graph from, from lower left to upper right. But, man, oh, man, after this game, it, it's hard to believe that this team is going in the right direction after a performance like this. Been built, really built, built on the first three, too. Right. After four games now. Right. There's no question. Look, I really thought we had turned a corner when we had that third uh, quarter and we had a nice six play drive that resulted in the Friar Muth touchdown. Best drive saw, of the year. Best drive of the year. It was like the preseason drives, the five for five, all that stuff. And it's just unfortunate. I just, you're sitting here, you're trying to. I'm looking. I watched some some film this morning. You know, through uh, you know, trying to stay awake, just trying to you know wake back up here this morning. And uh, it, it again, you see a block missed here, a tackle missed there, an assignment here, and it, it just keeps coming back to poor execution at, at a lot of big moments. Well, Max, when you look at a game like this too, and you know, there's been a lot of blame thrust on the offense. Is it Matt Canada? Is it Kenny Pickett? And I, I understand all that. And the offense clearly, clearly is not performing at a level that you needed to perform at. But neither is the defense. And if you don't come up with sacks and big plays, you know, where is this defense right now? So, okay, so San Francisco comes out, they're an elite team, they run the ball at will, they throw the ball at will. Okay, we understand that. Um, Let's not forget that other teams have also been running the ball at the Steelers. And you come in to play a Texans team with a completely banged-up offensive line. A Texans team that has 12 wins in its last 53 games. 12 wins in its last 53 games. They can't run the ball. They've got a rookie quarterback. That sounds like a recipe for success for the Steelers. And if you told me the score was going to be 30-6, to I'd been like, okay, yeah, maybe a little bit better than I expected. But to see what transpired where the, this Texas 30 to team, 6 in favor of the Steelers. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah, I would have yeah. been like, okay, well, you know, sure. I didn't maybe yeah. expect that big of a jump this week, but oh, good. Okay, we're building off that Vegas win. But to see this yeah. Texans team run the ball at will, they completely dictated to the Steelers on offense. Yeah. We're going to throw the ball. We're going to be successful. We're going to run the ball. We, we will do whatever we want to you. That was stunning to me. And now you look back again and you say, okay, well, it was San Francisco. And then they had the turnovers against Cleveland and they did what they needed to do against Vegas. They kind of hung on. Okay. Uh, But then you see this and you wonder, well, wait a minute. What about all those things that were going on that we were kind of excusing the inability to stop the run, the other team's top receiver constantly having massive games, not big games, massive games against the Steelers defense. I, I think the Steelers defense has been given a bit of a pass and I think that we kind of saw that there's some work to do on that side of the ball as well. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Um, one of the other kind of big themes coming out of this game, uh, injuries. Mm. Um, a lot of them uh, relative to, I mean, yeah, you get nicks and bruises, you get guys banged up. I mean, that's a natural part of the game when you play a collision sport, right? You know, you go to the monster truck rally, 
And even the monster <laughs> trucks get dinged up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just a natural part of it. But, you know, we have Dan Moore go down in the first quarter. Uh, we have Kenny Pickett go down in the third. Uh, we lose to Marvin Leal um, in the process. We, we're already without James Daniels. Um, Pat Fryermuth goes out with a uh, with, 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 with an injury as well. Um, the triage unit and and, yeah. and the injuries that have been accumulated over the first four weeks of the season because now you lump in Cam Hayward with the groin, um, you know, before that early in, in, in the first game. Uh, just, you know, the health and the depth of this team being tested uh, so early in the season. That's a big problem for sure. But then again, and I and I agree that it's a big problem moving forward. Um, on paper, it should not have been a big problem with this game. I mean, you're going against a Texans team that has no recent track record of success running second and third team offensive linemen out there, one starter on their offensive line, and then being able to pretty much jam it down the Steelers' throats. I mean, you got to call it like it is. That's what they did. They ran the ball, and they've been unable to run the ball against anybody else. And, you know, the Steelers talk, uh, you know, again and again about the standard being the standard. Next man up. Let's go. And, yes, the injuries have hurt this team. Uh, But where is that? Where is the next man up? Where is we're going to overcome these injuries that we see other teams do, that we saw the Texans do? Uh, So, yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's problematic in two ways. One, uh, Max, that they haven't stepped up uh, and, and performed well enough when the reserves have gotten the chance. And two, that now you're going to be moving forward with those reserves, maybe in a, in a, what it turns out to be a crucial game against the Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely. So, and you know, to both you guys, you know, you, you look at this and you think, well, what's the solution? And the solution, though, always comes in the same way. It's going to be better performance. Again, the, the X's and O's are out there. You can see them lined up, and you will go one by one, and you see the schematics fall with guys not executing properly or being blocked or, as, as Chuck Noll once said, about my buddy, one of my buddies that we, uh, John Goodman, who was from Oklahoma defensive end, said, "Why did you take him out of the game?" He said, "He was being blocked." <laughs> you know, and that's that's about as simple as it gets. But that, I mean, when my, it's like you said, Mike said it at the end of the the press conference. You know, there's got to be changes. You know, and so I I'm kind of interested in where these changes are going to emanate from and how they're going to be handed down because. You know, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room there with with changes. Well, the other thing, too, is that, you know, as a fan, um, you know, if I'm watching as a fan and I maybe don't know a lot about football, um, or even if I'm a fan who does know a lot about football, one of the things I'm wondering is, and and again, there's, there's personnel for sure. Guys need to do a better job. We're not excusing that. But why does it always seem like their receivers are wide open and the Steelers receivers are always covered. I mean, that if I'm just watching the game, I'm seeing receivers from from their team just breaking open the middle. They're over the middle. They're wide open. And we're talking about elite receivers for sure. And then I look at the other end, and, you know, there's times where just, you know, look, could Kenny be doing a better job? For sure. But there seems like times where there's just nobody, like, wide open presenting themselves uh, to pick up a big play. Well, the separation was an issue, especially – like Calvin Austin, I mean, and Wolf, we kind of talked about this during the game as we were, you were hoping for a replay 
on 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 the on the on the flag route, right? The double move and, yep. and not be. And it's, if he did or did not do a double move, if he just went straight into the post route, um, straight off straight off of the run, and and, and I a saw cut. that this morning. Did you see it? You did. Okay. I, I did not see. Well, I didn't see. I didn't see the long for because I got the. What, what what's the view? You know the television view. So right. I did not get to see like the full deep view. I right. Didn't get we'll the, see uh, it later today. But tape. Yeah. Yeah. My my the the thing my perspective that I saw. Nelson played that perfectly because the same time I thought Calvin didn't give the wiggle towards the seven route when he took off, you know, like last week against Vegas, he gave that old, like, I'm going to run a flag. And then you go to the post. Well, he, he he did, he did give a wiggle, but Nelson didn't bite on it. He stayed high the whole time and stayed above him. And when he threw that little wiggle, Steve Nelson didn't even bite on it. And he went and high pointed that ball right over Calvin Austin, I I, t- I got to tell you, that was just one of those plays where he just outplayed Calvin Austin on that play. And I would also say this. I think that yeah. there was a, a little room there, it seemed to me, Wolf, and you saw it again, seemed to me that there was a little room there for an above-average throw, and it would have had to have been a, an above-average throw. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. To, to maybe lead Austin a little further down the field, and maybe with his speed he gains that half step. It would have had to have been an above-average throw. Um, as it is, it is one play. It is one area where you can't over. You can't underthrow the ball even by a yard, and it was underthrown by maybe a yard. Um, so then, you know, if people want to talk about uh, a throw that you'd like to have back, maybe that's a throw you'd like to have back. Well, I, I, there, there's a number of plays on my list uh, <laughs> that, that that I that I want back, but we don't have enough time to do that to go through the entire list. Uh, what what I what I do want to ask Rob is trying to figure out how how do we say this um you know wolf said it first execution is key um play selection is key as well offensively and defensively you know defensively the philosophy to blitz or not to blitz that is the question right We're, we 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 are we are asking that question but offensively it's the shotgun versus under center moments where your trust is in your offensive line usually dictates how often and how frequently you go under center in situation high high situational awareness football plays and i thought that was another area where it just it it didn't seem like a confident game plan right it seemed like Oh, we went in. Hey, man, we we drew some stuff up, put some plays on the board. We got them on the little sleevey thingy that the quarterbacks look at, like 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 it's a codex, um, you know, or they're about to dial something in, you know. Um, it just seemed like some of the timeliness, like the Houston Texans were were prepared. I agree for what we were thinking. I agree, and there wasn't a high level of unpredictability i totally agree there are too many negative plays there have been plays in every single game two or three plays in which it, you know maybe the run's going left and and an offside defender is just firing firing like they know where it's going and kenny pickett turns and gives the ball to Najee or jalen warren and they're hit five yards in the backfield before the play has a chance to get going as if they know that th- that's what's going to they they had a they ran a little boot in which they leave a guy unblocked right mm-hmm. Kenny Slater the yeah. fake to the left and he spo- didn't buy it Ooh. the player didn't Smoked. buy it so so you Smoked. have negative play after negative play and that's a big problem for a Steelers offense that can't create 
big enough play. You know, if you're, if you're the Chiefs, if you're the Bills, you know, second and 14th, not really that big of a concern. You're the Steelers. I mean, that, that's hard to get those 14 But yards. this is the hard part about the running game. You take a look at it. The Steelers rushed at 4.6 average. I thought Najee was great, yards. by the way. I thought he Najee was, was terrific. He was absolutely terrific on a lot of those runs. It's like you said, uh, the, these guys, they rushed 38 for 139, 3.7. Their longest run was 13 yards. We had 25 for 114, 4.6, and our longest run was 23, and another one was 18. You know, I look at that and I go, well, that just sounds like you're doing pretty good. You just didn't do it enough. But that's the problem is those negative plays that jump in and create the off schedule. Right. Remember when, when Najee, Max, you and I were talking about this, when Najee had it like three times in a row, bam, 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 and it was like just a hammer. And it was just awesome. Yeah. A first down, and you're like going, yeah, let's keep this going. Let's make it a bloody knuckles affair right here in the trenches and get after these guys now. And it never it never materialized. It just kind of kept sporadically coming and going. And hasn't that been the offense, really? I, I mean, all year, you just can't. There isn't that flow, and they're not coming out. Like, you know, uh, I think Mike Tomlin has a couple times this year said in postgame press conferences, they came out and dictated to us. Well, why? Why Why is that happening? Why are these slow starts happening offensively and defensively? Um, you know, San Francisco takes yeah. their opening drive right down the field. Houston, and look, we have to give, and I, I you know, maybe fans don't want to hear this, but we have to give Houston a little bit of credit. That quarterback, C.J. Shroud, he is really good. Um, and they have good receivers, and they performed well. Um, so we have to give them some credit. But they took the ball on their opening drive and marched it straight down the field. We have yet to see the Steelers, you know, yeah, you had the interception return against Cleveland. Certainly that was good. But the Steelers have not been able to dictate from the beginning of the game. The, the Texans dictated that game offensively and defensively, and the, and the Steelers were unable to kind of get out of that rut. Yeah, and, and, and my thing is is that whereas – a lot of times we're like, man, okay, we can we can get this done if we do blank. And I said, okay, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick blank right until we've seen a month's worth of football. Well, <clears throat> we've seen a month's worth of football, and we will not, as a defense, be able to do what we want unless we can stop the run. Everybody has rushed well on us. And you said this earlier in, in, in the conversation, Rob. And the run defense has been below average um, for the last couple of years. And even though we found the personnel, we found the depth, there's just something there that's still kind of missing on the awareness. Like you said, an ill-timed blitz on our side, but yet the defense on the other team has it timed up perfect, <laughs> you know? So it, where's the practical application in that? And, and that, that, and that what I believe, like you said, <laughs> explosive plays and dynamic plays, you know, warrant the, the ability to nullify that, you know, it could turn a bad run defense and make it look spectacular. If you're getting sacks and interceptions, like we did in the Vegas game, but Running r running the football on us has been a key to a lot of team success already this season. Totally agree. I mean, I told you know, look, the Steelers want to be able to make, and they've always wanted to be able to make teams one-dimensional. Then you can bring those outside rushers. You can bring your blitzes. You can bring your different things. In the past, they've been able to stop the run. 
Uh, they're not able to do that. I mean, there's two ways to force a team into playing the way you want them to defensively. One is to stop the run. They haven't done that. The other is to score a lot of points and make them play from behind. Well, they haven't done that either. So, the, so we're seeing, again, you know, you talk about football as a team, and it's, and it's tempting to say the offensive unit, the defensive unit, let's look at them. But they have to work in conjunction, right? You, know, you have to have both working. The, def- the offense cannot continue to go three and out, three and out, three and out, because that stresses the defense too much. We've heard T.J. Watt postgame saying our defense was gassed out on the field. Um, we saw in this game, you know, 69 plays to 56 plays. That can't happen. The two have to work in conjunction. And right now we're not seeing that happen either. Well, it's a complimentary football. I mean, that's what you right. know we've talked about and making sure that you have, you know, one half is doing the same thing as, as, as much as possible. But Chuck Noel used to say teamwork isn't necessarily a 50-50 proposition. Sometimes you got to carry the load for the offense, sometimes for the defense. Sometimes the special teams got to make big plays. But, you know, you have to have some sort of ability at some point to coalesce into a 50-50 for the long range. You know, what, what to me, again, there's just so much as you watch the tape and you watch block by block, tackle by tackle, cover by cover, catch by catch, throw by throw, the Steelers just aren't getting the things done that you, you we're accustomed to seeing them do in the past. And certainly, you know, again, that <laughs> Vegas, I'm thinking to myself, that's it, that's it, that's the formula. You got a, you got a nice 50-50 mix. And yet here we had uh, almost a 50-50 mix again, but we had too much negative plays interspersed in between the positive ones. Well, and you bring up Vegas too, and I was getting greedy on Vegas. I'm thinking, okay, you know, you're one drive away. Were you at the from- tables? Come on, baby, snake <laughs> eyes. <laughs> uh, you're, you're one drive away from blowing them out. Right, yeah. you're one drive away from them being like this game is over, but you couldn't get that drive. And there, there was a there was a, a, an instance in which you needed that complimentary football. You needed the offense. You know, they go on a long drive, ten or eleven plays. They turn the ball over on downs. That's where you need to pick up a first down. Then maybe another first down. Then maybe march the ball down the field and just end it, end the game. Well, they they went learn three and finish. out, right? Yeah. And now you give them another opportunity. And then you go three and out again, and you give them another opportunity. Um, yeah, so that's the complimentary football that's, that's also lacking in amongst neither unit doing what you, you know, isolating them, what you would expect them to do, and what they would expect themselves to do. So saith the king. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll hail the king. <laughs> uh, well, Rob, yeah, we, we, we truly appreciate the time, and – Thank you for jumping in. And Rob King will be joining us every Monday here inside the locker room now. And You know, he's a rookie uh, in here. He's got to start bringing donuts or something, I think, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, those, you those know, are going to be hard listen, to eat from where you are, Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I thought well, I would exactly. share, though. I, I, I will help out uh, in that area. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just, I, I guess I have to Zoom and watch you guys eat and yeah. do, like, you know, <laughs> those videos on YouTube just watching other people eat food. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> But no, but thanks, Rob, for stepping in and, and coming into the studios um, and having this conversation with us. We look forward to it. Have a great week. You, you have what, punt, Point After tonight? Or what, what's the show tonight? Yeah, we're good, man. Yeah, Point After from 7 to 8 tonight with uh, Wolf and Matt Williamson. Yeah, yeah, that should be interesting. There we go. Yeah, but yeah Point After. And then, of course, you, you and Charlie Batch doing the postgame show. Um, oh, but that well. was a beauty. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I had I had Pirates yesterday, so but that that's the only post game oh, show. Right. That's the only post game show I'll miss all year. And hey, listen, so. we might be 
we're still you're still one good performance away from this being a totally different tenor and Wolf and I eating donuts uh, next week after a Baltimore Ravens win. I like it. Yeah, I that's like right. It. I victory, like it do- victory donuts, victory donuts. I, I, I listen. I, I'll go. I'll go get like some sh- some she crab soup or something <laughs> to eat in honor of that victory to mock the Ravens if that happens. And of course, that would be a great one. Uh, Ravens. It's going to be a tall task. So look forward to seeing you at the ball yard this weekend, Rob. But yeah, have a great rest of your week. And thanks for stopping inside the locker room with Wolf and I. Uh, we'll step aside. You're, you're listening to Inside the Locker Room, Wolf and Starks, here on ESPN and SNR Radio. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, I know you were foraging. Come on, Max, admit it. Huh? I know you were foraging, brother. Come on, tell me the truth. Is he still still foraging now? (laughs) He must be. He must be. He just came back. And then I heard a the crinkle of paper and plastic and, you know, things that are normally associated with fast food. And I'm saying, I he know just, he's foraging. He was just there. I know it. I know it. Oh, well, no. here's the thing about it. And we're going to open up the phone lines here in the, in the second hour as we move forward in the power hour, as Max likes to call it. But one of the things that I did want to expand on a little bit was that interception by Steven Nelson. I got to tell you, number number one, that was just a great play by Steven Nelson. You know, if everybody remembers, Calvin Austin ran that 72-yard route. The, it was like a little double move. There's a little wiggle. And then you went to the top, uh, at the top of the stem, he broke for a post. And it was just a beautiful throw by Kenny. Well, this week, number one, Stephen Nelson stayed high as he was in his uh, uh, coverage route there. You know, as he as Stephen Nelson was, I'm sorry, was backpedaling and then turning to shuffle and so forth. And what happened was Calvin gave a little wiggle, but Steve didn't bite at all on it. And he just stayed high over top of Calvin Austin. And before you know it, I mean, he just went up high pointed that ball. It was a, a decent route by Calvin Austin. I just don't think he put enough wiggle into it. Or Steven Nelson just said, I've seen this before. You know, I saw it last week in Vegas. And so he made the play. But that's just a, a play where that that's all execution. That's just a better play by Steven than it was by um, Calvin or by Kenny. 
You know, the throw hung up just a little bit, I thought, gave uh, Steve Nelson time to gain ground. I think if you had turned that road runner of Calvin Austin loose in a dead sprint like he was in Vegas and hit him on the fly, that could have been a different result. But still at the same time, um, I, I still, I'm glad they went for it. You know, I mean, it's unfortunate that they didn't execute as well as they did in Vegas, but that's part and parcel of playing the game and doing the things that you got to do. And sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Yeah, you got to take shots downfield. I mean, that's, you know, one thing that we all clamored for all offseason, right? It was more explosive plays. Uh, you got a big one in, on Monday night against the Browns. You got a big one out in Vegas as well, too, um, which were going into the to last week. I don't know if maybe, you know, things could have changed, but those were the two longest completed passes in the NFL all season. Right. Um, the one the one to Pickens and uh, against the Browns and then the one to Calvin Austin against Vegas. But, yeah, you're right, Wolf. I mean, Steven Nelson, we saw it here. He's a good player. Um, he is a good and, player. And, and, you know, the other team, it's, it's always the toughest thing to stomach as a fan, right? But the other team's players are allowed to make plays, too. Uh, <laughs> they get paid. To, don't you hate when that they happens? They get paid to, to play the game, too. And kind of like Kendrick Green, you know, I don't know if you saw, Wolf, because – I don't want to call you an old fogey, but go ahead. I am <laughs> Kendrick Green and, and Steven Nelson, you know, and, and it's how one of those things work, right? To the victor goes the spoils. If yeah. you if you win, you get to write history, right? You you get to right. you get to speak your truth, and the loser just kind of has to deal with it. Steven Nelson and, and Kendrick Green were clearly honked off uh, about I think the way that they were perceived by this organization, and they took to social media to let people know after those performances yesterday. Steven Nelson was uh was you know doing a little doing a little trash talking. Kendrick Green was doing a little trash talking, and both those guys went out there and performed. They 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 were clearly I think those two had that one circled on the calendar. Well, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, you know, it's a it's a difficult thing when you face old teammates. You know, I, I know that from my own perspective. Uh, you you really have this sort of kind of switcherooski going on in you. And you really hate to um, be in that position just because when you have blood, sweat, and tears expended with one group of guys, and then you're with another, uh, it can be it, it can be a tough one. But I, I, I'll say this again. I'm glad they went after that big pass play. I think there's more to be had in the future as they hone their skills together, that being Kenny. I hope Kenny is, you know, we, I don't know if we've gotten any reports on that. No, I mean, there's a lot of reports that it's, you know, it's not as serious as they might have feared and that he's only going to miss a couple weeks and things like that. Okay. But that's Dan Moore is I think little, that's speculation yeah. from a lot of the, you know, the outside doctors, if you will. And we'll get that tomorrow from the Mike yeah. Tomlin press yeah. conference. He'll and, have an he'll have out. an MRI today and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, they'll do the normal things, but certainly I got to tell you that I was I was excited um to, for that game just because I was so pumped cuz I really thought Tackle to tackle, we were going to win that battle in the trenches, and it just never materialized along the, the kind of scope of things that I, I thought we were going yep. to see. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and start. Uh, we're going to start stacking calls like cordwood because if you if you want to air out your grievances, so, so be it. Therapy couch, baby. <laughs> Therapy couch. Here we go. We'll be back with more after this.